Hey, welcome back to the Intuitive Mindset Podcast with Ginny Lynch. And this is season two, episode three. And I'm really excited to talk about today's topic, which is taking responsibility for your own life. So here's a question for you. How do you feel when you hear the word blame? And what would you do if I told you that the antidote to blame is taking responsibility? Well, that's today's topic. Anthony Bailey is coming in. He's going to share his beautiful spiritual story worth sharing. You're going to find out how he survived his childhood, which let me tell you was not ideal and crawled out, crawled up, leveled up, and now is taking full responsibility for his life. And he's doing it by positive thinking and by giving back. Sounds inspirational to me. So guess what? Stay listening. That is today's topic. Turning it around, leveling up, taking responsibility, and achieving greatness, all through thinking positive. So stay listening. That fun podcast, it's coming up next. Hey, Jamie Lynch coming back to you today, continuing the beautiful spiritual stories worth sharing. This is a bonus from last year's playlist because it was such an amazing story and I didn't want you to miss it. So have you ever noticed when you come upon people and you just are drawn to them right away? And I know the answer is because of their energy. There's something that is in alignment with you and you know it connects. Well, what's amazing about my next guest Anthony Bailey, you're about to meet him. He's part of a beautiful YouTube community that I have gotten very close to. It's his story. It's that he chooses to make a difference in the world. He chooses to be happy. He chooses to make a difference. And he has come through more tragedy and he has seen things that no child should ever have to be around. And he has... um, come out the other side and he shares his story, but more importantly, he has created a whole community awareness to helping others through what he had to endure. So what does all that mean? You're about to find out. I can't wait for you to meet this gentleman. He lives in California and he has a great story and a great community running for grace. Curious what all that is? You know what you gotta do. You gotta stay listening, that interview. That story is coming up next. So Anthony, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to, I know we had a little mess up because I'm time zone challenged. You're in California, I'm in Florida, so there's definitely a time zone difference. It's still morning for you, afternoon for me. So whether people are listening to this on our podcast, the Intuitive Mindset Podcast with Jeannie Lynch, or watching this on our beautiful HD color on YouTube, we truly do appreciate the audience. So I'm excited. You and I met because we're part of a YouTube community, and we're both actively Mm -hmm. out trying to get more subscribers on our channels, but that's not the real important thing. The important thing is that we both feel or felt and feel that we have a message that we're trying to share. And I saw your YouTube and I started following you right away because of one key word. You said running for grace, I think it was. Is that the right? Uh, Run for grace. That's my uh, nonprofit organization. Okay. So today we're going to 
we're going to let my audience and your audience know more about that. And this is part of the spiritual stories we're sharing platform that I've kicked up for 2020. Got a couple more interviews to go. And I am so excited to hear your beautiful story today. So my audience can get to know you. Tell us a little bit about you and kind of what was the experience that happened that placed you into this beautiful spiritual story we're sharing. Okay, wonderful. I'm actually, I'm excited to be here too, Jeannie. This is amazing. And I thank you before we start that you reached out to me and asked me to do this. I'm honored to be able to share my story with you and the audience. But, okay, so I'm 30. I'm, I wish I was 30. I'm 43 years old. I'm here in Lancaster, California. This is where I was born and raised. Uh, it's a beautiful desert community about an uh, hour and a half from Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, but unfortunately, my upbringing wasn't exactly the best. I was uh, born into very difficult circumstances. Uh, my mother and father were both uh, addicts of alcohol, uh, drugs, heroin, mm. and they just had a very uh, negative lifestyle. And due to that, I was born extremely small, and uh, I pretty much carried that with me throughout my life. But uh, after my mother and my father divorced, which was actually three months after I was born, uh, my, my mother went and found another guy who was more stable. He had a good job, but he also had his issues. He was uh, an addict also of, of drugs and alcohol, but he had a good job. He worked for, I believe it was NASA or something out here in the Antelope Valley. This is an aerospace uh, community, so a lot of people worked there, uh, but he had... he ended up getting addicted to drugs himself, along with mental illnesses he had. And it caused a lot of rage. He would, uh, he would have hallucinations, thinking that the, the Russians were spying on him. And uh, so he spent hours looking for these people that were staring at him. And as a little kid, you're, you're petrified. You're thinking, oh my gosh, is someone staring at me? There's people hiding in our attic? Yeah. Like, How old is kid? So to help I'm understand. like, you know, I'm like eight, seven, eight years old. Okay, got it. And it started. I mean, but he was always, he always had anger issues. Yeah. He would, you know, beat my mom, beat us. Um, this very mentally and physically abusive man. But then when he did the drugs and got into that, it just amped it up even more. And uh, so that went on for, from, I was like eight until, until I moved out. And we, uh, he ended up losing that good job he had. We ended up being on a government assistance and it was nothing but mental abuse and physical abuse and so when the cops would knock on the door it was no surprise it was another it was actually oh thank god somebody's here to save us but as uh, a normal other, occurrence any other brothers so, and sisters or is it just you at a two sister i had a my older sister which was from my my, my father yeah and i had a stepsister who was a, a half sister who's a product of my mother and my stepfather got it so of course there was no favoritism going on with my half sister because it was his, she was right. his, and we were from this other man. So of course there was always that divide. Um, but of course my my younger sister doesn't have the same experiences that me and my sister had. Got it. We were treated differently. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of a lot of horror. Like my mother was also, you know, drug addict and alcoholic, and then she went through deep depression and she was getting beat all the time and being chased around by knives and just all kinds of awful things. So this is the things I witnessed as a kid. Yeah. And so I saw the effects of alcoholism. And I was like, when so I grew up- So let me stop I'm, you there too, because mm -hmm. um, first off, let me just acknowledge that 
I'm so sorry that was your experience, right? That you had to witness and be part of that. And we don't know, you know, they always say kids are so resilient. Mm-hmm. You're you're in the, this silo or this box living this experience. You don't know any other life but the life you're living. So you, you, mm-hmm. you could assume at that point that everyone's having the same experience. You moved out early, I think the story goes, right? So then you had your own little journey. So yeah. how did you finally break free and when did you actually my real question is when did you start to see your parents not through the lens of a child but more like this isn't right when did you know that for yourself uh, luckily i had some great people in my life growing up in my neighborhood that was kind of guiding me towards christianity Function. and all that but so i i saw like i knew that we were different <laughs> got it as okay. and the whole time i'm like why can't we why can't I have a family like that? I was always very jealous of other families and how much they had. And, and so I was always aware of that. Um, but thank God for these people that were in my life because who knows if they weren't around, I might be in jail or dead now. But since Got I it. saw that, it's kind of like my, I compared myself, okay, I want to be like that. Yeah. I'm so glad I had that, that yeah. self-awareness. Well, I love so that. At 18, and- and Anthony, isn't that what we're trying to do with our channels and our message too, is to be that light for other people mm-hmm. that might not know there's a better or, or another way to do it, right? So I yeah. love this. Okay. I, lo- I, I hate your story, but I love what you're saying. So keep <laughs> going. This is great. Um, we, I, I guess my next question would be, how did this change your life? Obviously, you're, you're, you moved out at how old? Once I, I got a job at 17 at McDonald's through okay. a friend, thank God, Hi. and then 18, once I hit 18, I was still in school at 18 because I was a year behind, so I was still in school and I moved out. Once I hit 18, I was out. I moved in with a couple of friends. Got it. But from that moment, I had to learn myself. I didn't know because I, so, I was in so defense mode for 18 years, Yeah. I could never really defend on who's Anthony. So that's when I finally had to learn who is Anthony. I had to get out of this. I was emotionally challenged. I was physically challenged. I just... I didn't know how to interact with people. You know, I was yeah. always like that scared little chihuahua all the time. Yeah. And so once 18 hit, I had to learn myself, like I said. And then at 21, even though I saw the, the what effects of alcohol can have on people, I became an alcoholic myself. I went to a party with a buddy of mine, had a couple of shots. And from there, I grew, I got self-esteem from that alcohol. And it's just a whole new life. Like, oh my, this is wonderful. Like, it's like almost I discovered something amazing. Like, oh, this is a whole new side of Anthony. This is the confident Anthony. This is the, the outgoing Anthony, not the scared, timid Anthony. And that's what alcohol gave to me. Got it. But yeah, but you know, like most things are fun. You know, I had fun. Of course, you're young. You go to you go to clubs with your buddies, and you go dancing. You you meet girls. You have all that good time. But after 14 years of that, at 34, at 35. I was at a place where it became very dark. I mean, I would spend, even though I had a good job, thankfully I, I got a job at the city of Santa Monica and I was able to take care of my son that I had with the relationship prior, earlier. I was able to take care of him, have my own apartment, had a car, but I, I lived like a double life. I'd go to work, come home and end up drinking until like two or three in the morning. So here's my question. Having, every day. having a mm-hmm. similar kind of backdrop life okay so mm-hmm. issues with alcohol myself i can say there was this moment where i could stand in full view of my addiction and say mm-hmm. i need to make a change you know like so i remember that 
experience for myself. I called my parents and said, you need to pick me up. Dad never knew <laughs> why he was picking me up. I called my well, sister Sue and said, can I move in with you? I need some, uh, I need some support right now. Mm-hmm. And, and really told nobody that I was going through this experience, but my own internal knowing that I had an alcohol problem and I needed to get I needed to get away from alcohol. So what was your moment that took you there? I mean, 14 years of it. So did you have many or one, or can you share that with us? Well, I like to share it. It's this, it's this little voice. And I think we all, we all have it. It's that little voice in the back of your head that says, you can do better than this. You're better than this, Anthony. But I kept ignoring it. Ah, shut up, little voice. <laughs> but eventually, you know, the, the, the hangovers and the bad life decisions, I just had enough of it. I just like this. Spirituality, we call it victim consciousness, where you're just in that place of being victimized, right? I have no power over this. This is the life I've been given. You know, I'm in the job I can't stand. I'm in the apartment I don't like. And Mm -hmm. everything is on everybody else except for me. So somehow, what was your, you know, it's one of my questions too. um, At what or who was the point of inspiration that moved you into this, who you are today? I heard the voice. Oh. So what help did you get? Mm-hmm. Well, I decided to finally listen to the little voice. And I said, you know, I'm going to go to church one day. I'm going to go to this church and to see what, it, you know, instead of drinking on a Saturday night, I decided not to drink. And I woke up fresh. I went to church and I actually went back to the same church I went to as a young kid. But I kind of shunned God because every time I would go to church, like something bad would happen at home. So I was non-religious for years. So I went to church. And would you believe it? And I was like the most negative person, Jeannie. I was so negative. Everything was. And this preacher, David Parker, he's on the pulpit and he's saying, how can you live in such a negative life? How can you look yourself in the mirror and be so negative on yourself? And I'm like, whoa. He's talking to me. I'm like, what? Where are the cameras at? <laughs> and it was just like a sign. And it's like from that moment on, I kind of eased and I started going to church a little more going to the bars less. It means a gradual change. Mm-hmm. And I started going to the gym a little more. And that was, that was right. Like, to answer your question, that was the source of information that started my healthy choices, getting out of that life. Yeah. Did you ever go through AA and counseling or I tried a few times, a couple of times I'd go to AA meeting from here to there, but yeah, it didn't speak to me. Yeah. I was just like, I'm not in these people's level. I didn't, run over somebody with a car. I mean, I always put myself, oh, I'm not that bad. <laughs> but yeah. I was. Yeah. yeah. There's in a different frame. Well, they always say you can't fix what you don't know is broken, right? So, and I'm not saying you were broken, but needing to be healed or whatever yeah. that energy is. So, so obviously what this taught you, and I'm going to paraphrase you back because I think you're going, this is going to be your answer. It <laughs> taught you your value. So this experience taught you that little voice in your head was your higher self, right? Knew exactly that you were better than this. So here you are better than this. I love this. I want to know how you met your wife and now you have two beautiful children. I'm assuming two, right? We have uh, three blended. Our families are blended. She had two. I have one, but she's actually the second part of your previous question. Okay. And I met her shortly after I discovered myself or started gradually getting out of this mode and so uh we were together for about six months because i actually okay i'm a seriously find a relationship instead of just finding somebody to just keep company i'm actually finding a relationship and 
Uh, I found her online. She was a Dodger fan. I'm a Dodger fan. So I said, hey, that, and she had kids. And so we uh, met and once we met at a Starbucks. And once I saw her through that mirror I, out the window, I said, that's the one for me. And I had to give myself a pep talk. Anthony, go talk to her. You're going to win this girl over. You got to, and it worked. I don't know how it worked. <laughs> and so six months into her relationship, I, it was on Mother's Day. And the night before, she, we didn't live together at the time. So yeah. she came over for Mother's Day and I left my ashtray in the sink because I would drink and smoke when she wasn't around. Got it. And she called me and she goes, we need to talk. And I said, oh no. And I remember I, I, I was busted. I left my ashtray in the sink. She saw it. And she says, okay, I know that I told you, um, I don't care that you smoke, but now I'm in love with you and I care about your health. So it's either me or the cigarettes. And from, uh, and you know, I think a, a man in his life has to make a tough decision, but that wasn't one. <laughs> I, from that moment on, quit cigarettes. Quit, and I had to quit the drinking because the cigarettes led to the drinking and the drinking led to the cigarettes. And, and from that point on, she was that rocket booster that got me in, that started this train that I'm on now. I, mean, I started going to the gym more. I started yeah. uh, applying for the police department. And I couldn't, I got far into the police department uh, process. I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, I could never make that. But I did it. Like, for more four departments, I passed all these tests. It didn't, luckily, it didn't pan out. Okay. I only say that because since it didn't pan out, I learned running from learning from being part of the police department. I was running just to learn, just to be part of the being in shape. Yeah. But I discovered my passion for running through the police department training. And that's when I ran my first marathon a few months after I got that rejection letter saying thanks, but no thanks. And I was so down on myself. And I was like, I can't believe it. This, uh, this is my path. This is the guy path that's leading me on. How can he give me this letter? But then I ran my first marathon and that led to my charity organization and my passion for running and changing people's lives. And it's amazing how you think a, there's a closed door and it, it leads to another one. I love this. The no's aren't no's. They're just take left, go right, right? I love this. Yep. I love I love the fact that you've stated, you know, I used to be a negative person and here you are. And I also am very <laughs> mindful and very aware that you know, your mom and dad, when they were together, stepdad, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. That they attracted each other because of where they were vibrationally. And that you attracted your, is she your wife right now? Oh yeah, we got married in November, 2017. That was okay. the same year I ran my first marathon. And that's her behind me. You see, yeah. I had my ha more hair back then, but <laughs> that was an amazing year. And uh, so that these things coming into your life are in alignment with you. So let's talk about this beautiful charity organization you have and the whole mission you're on with your channel. I would love, I'm going to put all your links below so people can follow your journey. Um, I'm going to follow this too. I just want to make sure Ooh. before we get into that, I okay. have to ask this question because it's one of my favorite on my interviews. If you knew then what you know now, what would you have changed, right? What, oh, gosh. If I would have known that all I had to do was change my mindset from being negative to positive makes a humongous difference. Because I thought it was all honky. I, I, I just... 
I, I used to look at people that are doing inspirational speeches or watching these, you know, being on these these positive people, and I used to be so sickened by them. <laughs> and to know that all you have to do is change your mindset opens the world. I mean, you wouldn't even recognize me right now, Jeannie. You wouldn't even talk to me right now. And I your wife so would have walked by you and probably not taken that second date if you weren't the person you are no, today. I mean, my, I mean, people would say good morning to me at work. My, my typical response, even though I kind of said it in a jokingly way, yeah. it was always, what's so good about it? But it's putting that out there. Yeah. And I, we try to teach our kids, do not speak bad about yourself. You may be joking. You might be uh, just trying to be cynical, but it means something. You cannot put that negativity out there. So that would be the answer to your question. I would have taken on this positivity train much sooner. I love it. Oh, I love it. I love your story, by the way. Thank you. So, um, okay, let's get into your charity organization and your mm. on your youtube channel and really i'm going to ask you a bold question that wasn't on my questions but okay I'll challenge you Bring take me out take me out five years in this beautiful you know timeline ahead of you that is just everything that you're working for today is coming to truth it's in your experience and everything you've crossed the finish line tell me what that looks like for you five years what have you done five years from now when you've hit those goals run a marathon boston keep you know that's what i want to know oh yeah boston that's another yeah that's my major physical running goal but my my goal that's bigger than that to me is i well first off i want to raise one million dollars for one fundraiser that's one of my major goals, $1 million. I'm hoping it's for the charity organization out here that inspired us to start this one, uh, Grace Resources. Okay. That was our first fundraiser, uh, my per first fundraiser. And that first fundraiser turned into Run for Grace. So I'm hoping one year I could raise $1 million for them. But I want Run for Grace to be, uh, I want it to be worldwide internationally i mean five years from now a little hard to do but <laughs> no, i'm hoping that we expand true. oh yeah i guess you're right it should this, be, this right? video is going to yeah. go viral and you know people don't donations are going to come in so with all the links below so take us through what run for grace charity organization who does it serve it serves the less fortunate those in need and we also assist in the prevention of homelessness and we do this while promoting an active lifestyle with an emphasis on running. And so what we majorly do is we form teams, or what we mainly do is form teams to fundraise in like 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, full marathons, maybe ultras one day, who knows? Okay. But now since COVID hit, there's no races. So we have to think of outside the box, other ways of doing it. So we actually formed a running group which is associated with LA Roadrunners, okay. which is part of LA Marathon. And we decided how can we have that running group and connect it with our personal mission statement. And so instead of having a, a entrance fee or a running group, we all we ask is people give a itemized donation to a specific charity organization every month that we sponsor in our community. And so we take, we take those collections every Sunday Oh, and at the end of the month, and we give them to that charity. Every month is a different charity. We oh, I love that. So, so if people, first off, to, to follow you right now, what do people do? So I can put the link below. Do they click on to your YouTube or do they click on to your website? How do, how do people get involved with your organization? 
Or they can go to www.runsforgrace.org. Okay. All of our links are there. They can go to my personal Instagram, my YouTube, my Facebook. Uh, look up Running for Your Best Life. Okay. That's my, uh, my YouTube my channel. Name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I keep all the links there. I mention it all the time. So when you go to any of those things, it's, a, it's impossible not to find it because I want to promote it as much as I can. Okay. Well, that's why we're talking today. We want to love and support you through that mission. So I love this. Thank you and, so much. And um, such a great point of inspiration too to talk about was choosing to release the negativity and choosing to be happy and choosing positivity. Was it easy or the hardest decision you've ever made? That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I gotta say it's hard because when you when you're stuck in one way for so long, it's hard to. And I'm I'm kind of person. I'm I'm kind of I like being set in my ways. Yeah. So it was like a total shift, like a shock to my body almost. And there were times like I gotta say when the first year of not smoking, I'd be in the parking lot outside of my apartment waiting to go in for work and going, Anthony, you can tell Jen that this isn't working and go right back to where you were. You could stop having these these these. Uh, these wants of having that cigarette or that beer or that shot, it would be that easy, but I didn't. And it was, that was hard. Sometimes it was like, Anthony, just go in there and tell her it's over. Can't do it. But I didn't. And look what happened. I put and it, you had to push past it. You have to be not, you got to have those moments of, of you got to go back. As long as you can teach yourself just to, you know, let me just wait till tomorrow. See how I feel tomorrow. And you're going to make up fresh and you're going to start the whole new day again. And um, I still, I mean, I'm still doing it. Your yeah. self-taught skill set really just amazes me. So I love, I think that's a point of inspiration for so many people. So I oh, think that's you. beautiful. So here's where we're heading. We're heading into almost the end of our interview. I know it's going to seem like it flew so fast, but we've actually covered quite a bit today. I'm wondering when you knew I was going to interview you today and you were all psyched. Well, first off, I would just like to meet you because I've been following you on your YouTube channel. So I already felt Likewise. like I knew you. Um, is there anything that you were hoping, you know, you know, my platform and you were thinking, God, I, I'll have a chance to get this message out. Have I forgotten anything? Well, I want to remind people that uh, you're not imprisoned by your past. You're not, just because you're born into rough circumstances or you deal with a situation that was difficult, don't use that as, um, a weakness think of it as a strength you, you, because during my marathons when i'm going through those 18 19 miles and you're hitting that wall i have this mantra that goes to my head and that is anthony you've been through worse you've been through worse and that pushes you forward so don't think of it, your situations as weaknesses they are your strengths and so that is the message i want to get out to people that's just that serves the end of our interview too so i'll remind people too in in the thread of that that if you're angry about anything that anger has everything to do with the past and if you're worried it has everything to do with the future yeah <laughs> and the only place that you can manifest anything good bad or indifferent is right now that i'm just amazed by you i'm amazed by your your choice to 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 forget, not forget, but to move past your past, to mm -hmm. move on to the future, to serve others, because that's really what we're all here to do. So I love that. Thank Guess you. what? You know what that What's means? That? We're moving into rapid fire. 
Uh-oh. So fun music's kicking up. We're going to have okay. a good time. This is my chance to say thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate it. I felt like and feel like I've made a new friend. So we'll see you in our group, right? Yes, My first question is, what is your favorite book or spiritual teacher? Uh, my favorite book is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Oh, never heard of that. We'll have to look into that. I'll put the link yeah. below. If you were going to change the world today, the world needs what in order to be changed? Challenges is not, are not their weaknesses. We're all here to learn a life lesson. What do you think your life lesson has been, Anthony? I am worthy. Yes, yes you, you are. are. What do you love about yourself? This is a love-hate relationship, actually. It is my competitiveness. I, I, I'm very competitive with myself and with others, but at the same time, I don't like that competitiveness and the, the negative, but it, but it pushes me forward. So I'm still kind of balancing that. Yeah, that's a great point. And what are you doing when you're experiencing joy? Well, I love my family, I love my wife, I love my kids, but I'm a complete introvert, so I love being alone. <laughs> that is such a beautiful way to end. So thank everybody for being part of this today and watching. So whether people are listening to this on the Intuitive Mindset Podcast or watching this in beautiful HD color on our YouTube channels, we truly do appreciate you. So thank you, Anthony. I'm so happy to get this time with you today, and I hope we can get you to reach that goal, all those goals, the five-year plan. Thanks again. Thank you, Jeannie. The honor is all mine. I appreciate this. Thank you so much for watching today's video. And as Anthony says better than me, don't forget to run your best life. Please check out Anthony Bailey's media links. They're in the description. Thank you, Anthony. Have a great day. Namaste. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, you can find many stories like this on my YouTube channel and you can watch in full HD color. So head on over to my YouTube channel. You can find me under Jeannie Lynch and all my media links are also in the description. Thanks again. I truly do appreciate your time. Have a great day. Namaste.